Hey guys, welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. Hello. So we are going deeper on Carrie. It yes. is October. It's spooky. It is kind of cool outside. Well, it's actually raining like crazy here. But in general, it's cool outside. People are drinking pumpkin spice lattes and wearing some sweaters. I mean, and we cut that out of the last episode because the cat stepped on the <laughs> keyboard. And then I did it again. That's right. I did it again. I brought tell, it back. We're psyched. We love the fall. The I fall, love fall is fantastic. I love Halloween. Our Halloween party that we are the five-year defending champions on is canceled again this year. Right. So, bummer. It is a bummer, but our trick-or-treating game is going to be tight. Oh, man. Look out. If you are a kid in our neighborhood, look out. Our trick-or-treating <laughs> game, our Halloween block party game, things are happening. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're all about it. We love some Halloween. Love to get spooky. Love to just... Just the whole ushering in of the holiday season. Um, I love it. I... Full disclosure, I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> um, I have one a year. Okay, do you? I do, yeah. That That's done in private. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I've had for I mean, 13 of the last 17 years that we've been lovers, I've had one with you. Not 13. I haven't had one in years. Don't, because I mean. Okay, that's fine. And they don't, they don't make a skinny one and I'm, I'm. I'm a I'm a skinny latte bitch, so <laughs> that's that's where we are. Get to this age, you got to make some choices somewhere. You're a BBL kind of girl. Uh, no, sorry, I listened no. to a podcast about that. If you don't know what a BBL kind of girl is, then don't don't Google it. No, I I I am not. <laughs> um, don't need one. Um. Uh, what 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, then we do need to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a PSL girl, but next level. <laughs> All right. So back to Carrie. Going deeper. Yes. So um, I looked into the original Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is an epistolic okay. novel, which I think is probably best illustrated uh bram stoker's dracula if you've ever read it well of course i've read it we about this time last year so we took a like a little road trip vacation because you really couldn't fly anywhere and so we had a cabin in the woods hollowed uh october time and we decided because again we love spooky stuff we listened to bram stoker's dracula we listened all to Bram Stoker's Dracula all the way there with uh, what Tim Curry and Alan Cumming narrating. Yes, it was fantastic. And so in the last days of Tim Curry's ability to perform and classic. And then, of course, you know, up in the cabin in the middle of the woods, we read The Shining because that's just the kind of people we are. <laughs> we are. Yes. There we go. Um, we didn't finish. So the, the, this this year made the time to finish The Shining. So what is epistolic? Epistolic is it's written as letters. Right. I mean, like I think like epistles, if you ever read Correct. Bibles or whatever, are, are letters and uh, newspaper headlines and... Just very like mixed media of and different people's accounts of everything that was going on. Yeah, I think the only uh, the only perspective we never get in the book is actually Carrie White. She never has any sort of first person anything written from her. Everything is written about her. I kind of feel that that's what we get anyway. I mean, we do see her point. 
We do see her point of view occasionally, but very rarely. She's much more talked about. She's we much do see more... her at home with her mother, and right. I think that's something that's, that's heavily missed. In, okay, in so book. that's 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 kind of what was taken and then fleshed out as as the reasoning. So yeah, I think that was added by De Palma in the movie, and I think what was taken out was kind of, I think she destroys most of the town okay and kind of broadcast psychic messages of why she's destroying the town oh that's and, that's very different yeah and I think that uh, she also meets up with Sue at the end okay and is, is like chasing Sue down because Sue orchestrated this whole thing and Sue's like no like I just wanted you to have a nice night and so I th- okay. your big thing about like was she in on it in the book she was not okay well then how okay but, but riddle me this so she's not in on it, but the whole reason that Carrie is at the prom is because she gives up her date. So Because she was trying to do something nice. Because she was in, trying in the, to do book, something in nice. The book, she was trying to do something nice. Right, right. But if she didn't do that Yeah, like the entire town wouldn't have been murdered. Well, no, that's not even what I'm talking about. Everybody else's plan wouldn't have worked. Why like if they weren't communicating She is convicted by the tribunal in the book. There's a tribunal? Yes. Oh, wow. So we get like all... Um, uh, yeah, we get like records of the of the trials and... Yeah. Sue is? Yes. Interesting. Okay. But even then, there's the, we see no communication. We, we don't even see... It seems like... And I mean, I guess I would have to go back and, and make sure I'm his timeline. But it seems like Nancy Allen hatches her scheme with Tron Travolta before we ever even know that Sue has asked Tommy to take Carrie. Mm. So it wouldn't have, nothing would have happened. Like what was Nancy Allen going to do to get Carrie to the prom? Because she hates her. Right. So what was, like? so it, it. And just, we kind of joked about Tommy like getting hit by the bucket. In the book, he's straight up killed by the bucket. Uh, well, it sounds, I mean, he probably was killed by the bucket with this one, too. I mean, they just didn't go into the right. the gory details of it because he does, you know, fall down and he's passed out. I mean, we don't see him move again, I don't think. And I don't want to get too deep or too dark or whatever, but in the movie, you know, it, it very famously opens with Carrie and her first period. Right. And in the book, Sue is about a week and a half late. Oh, Okay. That's a whole nother thing. That makes me think of uh, one thing I thought about that, that I didn't talk about that we, you know, that I didn't read Stephen King that kind of that was off limits, but I did read a lot of R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike. Mm-mm. Christopher Pike was a lot of this and a lot of that. Like, a, I mean, there was a lot of like teen sex, a lot of, you know, weird murders. Like, I, I still probably kind of maybe potentially have like some strange nightmares related to some of the, the short stories that had to do with all this. Are any of that stuff? Is that been adapted in any other form? Christopher or? Pike, I don't think. I mean, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein's everywhere. Even didn't R.L. Stein, didn't, wasn't there an adult very like Fear Street wasn't is that R.L. Stein didn't that come out on Netflix or something maybe I'm not sure where Fear Street falls in but like I read R.L. Stein before like Goosebumps this was not Goosebumps Goosebumps came later and was for more like younger audiences um but R.L. Stein R.L. Stein was not as extreme as Christopher Pike but Christopher Pike was basically like a mixture of like it wasn't 
There was some supernatural. Arlstein was very much more like spooky, supernatural. Christopher Pike was more probably this, like people horror. I mean, so it wasn't that far off for probably some Stephen King, but they were just kind of quicker, maybe not quite as smart in terms of, you know, the references that they made and the inter intertwining of the universe. <laughs> So the last things that I have about the uh, book is it's Stephen King's first book published. He wrote three other books before that, but they were uh, published later and published under a pseudonym because they were kind of very, very pulpy. Okay. Uh, This was originally written not as a novel, but to be serialized in Cavalier magazine. Cavalier magazine. I did download a couple of issues of Cavalier and I don't want to play anymore. Uh, it's way Ooh. more pornographic than it is, uh, is literary. It, what what were those called? It's a men's magazine, right? But they when they talk about these, and I can't. And I'm drawing a blank. They talk about them in a lot of true crime. If you go podcasts. back to the 70s and the early 80s, like a lot of, you know, Neil Gaiman kind of got his start. Uh, Stephen King, a lot of pretty big writers kind of got their starts writing in porno mags. Well, but there were also these magazines. Like, they were like basically like detective novels, but not. We're not, I'm not talking about, um, you know, our our well known detectives. But they were basically like just outlets for people for porn and even kind of like maybe potentially, you know, overly bondage, murderous mm. kind of fantasies. I think my mother bought me a copy of and a first printing of the Postman Always Rings Twice. <laughs> for christmas several years <laughs> back and it's in our bathroom right now and it is kinky <laughs> i don't know what to do with that so i'm gonna move on in life da, 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 da. um yeah but so there were a lot of those that were out there and they really their purpose was because they talk about a lot of i think what you're talking about is different though i think what you're talking about are kind of pulp they're magazines pulp. Yeah. that were, you know, pulp magazines basically for writers and, and and they were kind of kinky. But I think that there's also just like magazines full of photos of naked ladies and some maybe of the best prose of the 60s, 70s and early no, 80s. No, I'm not talking about ones that had like important prose. I'm talking about ones that like really were kind of like serial killer like extensions. No, I think didn't we even discuss I don't think we've discussed on the podcast, but I believe the first time the uh, the Arthur Conan Doyle story yes. of um, Sherlock Holmes and his cocaine addiction, I believe the first time that was published unedited in the United States was in the first issue of Playboy magazine. No, Playboy magazine is is very well known for its its literary and like journalism and all that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll just have to do a little bit, but I I know that people who do talk about true crime and know about true crime like they actually in their lives like do the research and do the profiling will always will talk about these kind of like true detective not true detective hbo series but like these kind of not like magazines or novels or or things like that that were really kind of an outlet for a specific kind of person mm-hmm. and also uh, carrie was one of as of the like eighty six, one of the most banned books in public school libraries. Hmm. Why? Sex, women's empowerment, and violence. I think. Well, you know, I don't know who's paying attention to our Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if you are, but I did. Oh, Jenny had it today. I... Way to go, 
girl. <laughs> so please don't go, girl. Sorry. <laughs> so yes, I mean, are we slightly subversive? Maybe potentially. But I did say, you know, in our posting for for the Carrie episode coming out, that it was full of all the scariest things: um, high school PE, um, questionable religious beliefs, and girl power. <laughs> so that's really what truly down, deep down everyone is afraid of. And they're, what happens after this is because they're afraid that's what comes from all of these things. Right. I mean, I, there's no ways around. I grew up as a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, or I believe they call it a WAP. And, um, um, come I on, don't babe. think that that's oh, what you, they call a WAP. They, <laughs> come on. Come on. You can't give me at least a chuckle out of that oh, one. I, I've, been working, I've been working that one for days. <laughs> it's been four days I've been trying to get that. I've oh, been... oh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are not pleased with you. <laughs> Man, babe, come on. You you no-sold me on that one. I did not. Like, you, you had to give me the beat. It's comedic timing. <laughs> it took three beats. It took no, three no. beats. There were three beats. Everybody go rewind, hit the rewind button <laughs> about four times and count the beats. There was three beats, maybe I, even three and a half beats. I think that was perfectly reaction timing. No, I, two I, beats perfect reaction three beats is like oh you're clever oh oh you, oh oh you thought that was gonna be funny oh not to get all mo on you <laughs> don't say mo don't say mo is that a thing it's short for homosexual oh really yeah. oh no let's just take this out <laughs> i mean well let's leave it in okay because the next thing i wrote down was we were talking about last going deeper really the like emotional like no i I believe it's short for homosexual but we were talking in our last going deeper about you ask me my kind of lunch table conversations about sex right and i really this last week kind of like who were the six guys at my lunch table and looking back at it and like what did we talk about we talked about video games we talked about magic the gathering we talked about comic books but um I just look at one of the six guys was me. One of the six guys was beginning. We didn't know it at the time, beginning to experience a pretty severe mental illness. And mm. in his early twenties would have life altering career altering schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Um, one of them would about uh, four years later come out as having been gay all his life. And uh, a very, very, very religious upbringing. And the guy that introduced me to Terry Pratchett, a guy that I love dearly to this day, and I can just imagine the hell we made his life. Uh, I have my best friend, Jenny's uh, 15 ex-boyfriend. I think, like I said before, yeah, it doesn't exes don't count. It's high school boyfriend. High school boyfriend, yes. High school boyfriend. Who had extremely Carrie-like stepdad. Right. And right after graduation, buggered off to go live with his father and had a really horrible time doing that and kind of realized that maybe his life wasn't as bad as he thought it was and that maybe things weren't all greener on the other side of the pasture. Um, I had one guy that was at our table, uh, was starting his career at that time, writing for the Southern Baptist Convention, writing for teenagers. Interesting. And um, my other best friend 
since like sixth grade who has just had a really weird, this was 95 through 98 or so, had dozens of internet girlfriends. And this day has been married to several of them. <laughs> so, well. yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I would, boy, life in the 90s was, was different than life is now. I don't want to trivialize anything that you just said, but it felt like the the end of a movie where we're, we're meeting. We're like, are we like the Breakfast Club or, or the end of Stand by Me? Or like or, we're seeing where everyone went and everyone was, and we have like a little screen. I mean, but that's life. That, that's kind of what you want. You asked me like what we talked about sex. Like I, looking back, only one of the six of us has had children. Oh. I mean, but well, that doesn't mean like, that, that the, the one of the six of you was the only one having sex. <laughs> but the, 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 there's something to be said there that, uh, yeah, we definitely all approached things. Yeah, we right. might have we been all more, were coming we, from different, very different perspectives um, about that and probably had different feelings and maybe, I guess, weren't ta- comfortable talking about it. It wasn't part of you know, our world to talk about in that sort of way, which. There were some interesting characters there, though. Like that's, true. Like, there, there are some really interesting characters. Anything else? You Like, what about you? Your 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 lunch situation was crazy because you guys just had the run of the place. We did. You could just go out to the strip club in your parking lot or. <laughs> um, uh, right. We. So, yes, there was. It wasn't. I don't remember when the transition of it being a strip club to so to a senior center like it went from a strip club it wasn't to a senior a, it, center. no it didn't become a senior center it became like a a latin dance club um or didn't something. it eventually become a senior center before they knocked it down i don't know i feel like it did i just feel like oh man like a place that used to be a strip club has got some vibes it's There's... it's sticky <laughs> um that's all i think but um i have a tendency to think about yeah like when kids have jam hands and like that that's just a lot of places that i think like Ugh. um how many wet wipes do we need? But no, like I, I think it's a weird grandfather situation, even though when I think about it, like how is that grandfathered when I went to a high school that's my grandparents in the 1920s went to, that's been a high school for a really long time. How did a strip, a strip club, club get, end up in the parking lot of your grandfathered high school? In. It did not exist. It was like, Five strip clubs in Nashville, and one of them was in the parking lot of her high school. I, I think that you went it, to high school with Betty Page, though. Like, I didn't not go with high school her, with but. Betty Page. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> taking some weird um, potion. You went to Betty Page's high school, right? I'm not taking some weird potion from Isabella Rossellini. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even though I would, let's be fair. I mean, I'm I'm not above it. Um, but so yeah, I mean, it was called the Classic Cat. Um, it had a very metallic build. I mean, it was garish. It was not, not <laughs> because like, strip clubs in 1994 are known for being subtle. Well, but from where it is, that like they could have gotten away. Like people would just, but it was like uh, this lavender or like pinkish metallic, like actually not just paint. It was like actual metal around the building. It was crazy. Do you remember going? I'm completely interrupting you, but do you remember going to Largo? To yeah. see Matt Belisai. Yeah. And we're going like, oh, look at this sad abandoned strip club across the street from Largo. Like a lot of podcasts record in Largo. Yeah. There's a sad abandoned strip club across the street. There's like, you know, all these lights and stuff. And then we come out after and the it show. Is. It is lit up. Like it is happening. <laughs> like nude, 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 nude. It's, it's nude, like, nude, it's like nude. from Beetlejuice. <laughs> like how <laughs> the signage was just, yeah, it was epic. Um, like, oh no, it was just early. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was just, it was only nine o'clock. It like, wasn't time to get <laughs> popping yet. Right. Oh, well, sadly, we were wrong. Um, but yeah, so the classic cat. So people would joke all the time that I went to the classic cat annex. Um, <laughs> that was. <laughs> That was always the thing. And I was I was a dancer. I cl- am classically trained in a lot of dancing. But then, of course, that always became a thing about me being a dancer. Um, and whether I, you know, have my, my part-time high school job at the Classic Cat. But... Uh, I bet you would be an amazing pole dancer after a few classes. Oh, man. That's a lot of upper body strength. Yeah, but it's... You got the core strength from bar. I bet. I bet you'd be amazing. I don't know. I just. I just think of all the pole burn. Like, (laughs) just slide down the ball. Like, this sounds terrible. I just. I just. I'm not interested. Why are we talking about this again? (laughs) I'm totally lost. (laughs) I mean, I. I was asking about your high school lunches. Right. Because you didn't have a lunchroom. We no. We had a lunchroom. Well, you didn't eat. I've, I've seen your yearbook. Like you just ate just. It was it was it was like an eighties movie. We, we, you just got you guys just ate in a corner somewhere we, in the school. We did. We just free ranged. Um we, we did have a corner. You could just like go into Nashville and just go to a restaurant um, or No, or, no, that that quickly became not really allowed. That was a senior privilege. Go to a pedal tavern at, at first there was no pedal taverns when I was actually my high school is currently protesting pedal taverns because they're interrupting class. <laughs> Would you say like people are like they're getting, getting flashed. flashed. <laughs> the high school students are getting flashed. I've by never pedal been flashed tavern. by a pedal tavern. I'm all the time. sorry. I don't want to be flashed by a pedal tavern, <laughs> but it just seems like I've seen enough. It seems like it would have happened eventually. I mean, I don't know statistically, but they're they're there. They're set. That's where they live in terms of high school. That are every. I mean, I've day. been aggressively twerked at at the uh, mobile hot tub. Oh yeah, oh, mobile hot tub. Soup. There's so ooh. many diseases there. Ooh, ooh. gross. Anyway, mobile hot tub getting... versus Kid Rock's honky tonk. Where can you catch the best disease? Oh, that's really tough. Um, really was talking to someone just the other day about the mobile hot tub and that like they don't change that water, but like only once a week maybe uh, or one. So mobile hot tub probably. beats out Kid Rock's honky tonk probably is so. the best place to catch a disease in Nashville. Probably okay. because it is also a restaurant, so there's probably some level oh, of sanitization. Oh, there's probably some inspections and stuff. Right. They probably don't inspect mobile hot tubs. No, probably no. not. They don't even know how to inspect it. Like, this is a pool. <laughs> do we need a lifeguard? Do we, what do we need? I don't it's even like know. It's like the early days of the internet where they're just <laughs> inventing things before there's laws. Exactly. They're, the laws are like, oh, they're, they're furiously running behind. Some, Someone's looking at a scroll from some, like 1923. Like some bureaucratic guy is sweating his ass off as he's trying to figure out. Looking for how to something get about like horse-drawn carriages and trying to <laughs> apply it to mobile hot tubs. <laughs> like I don't understand. He's like like drawing the lines, like trying to intersect all the things, all the all the statutes. And like we can't figure it out. We can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're so off course. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, what is off course? I don't know. We're just going deep into all sorts <laughs> all of things. All the things. All the things. Um, yeah. So we just hung out. Um, I don't remember. Uh, you. I, this is terrible. Like, it's great. Let's have a podcast where we talk about a lot of things that we try to remember. And I just purge everything. <laughs> I just purge it all. Um, so if you were a part of my lunch, high school lunch group, and you want to remind me of the things that we used to talk to you, talk about, um, let me know, uh, message <laughs> in, um, I know it was a mixed crowd. So we didn't, we didn't talk about sex. Um, we didn't talk about sex ever really. I mean, Man, sitting next to a girl at lunch. 
we were just sitting on the floor. Um, I mean, it was me and, you know, my two best friends, which when, when I uh, go back and think about it, it's like best friends. <laughs> They're the people you were around. There are people around. And then like there was like the guy who like we carpooled and then eventually when he got a car he drove we pretty much four out of like the five now let's think about this for a second maybe six people that hung out like five of us like we like carpooled in some sort of way but that's the only time I hung out with them was like at lunch um it just kind of happened that we all had the same lunch because we had weird lunch schedules at some point I had a lunch schedule that was like, went to study hall, go to lunch, go back to study hall. It was like a high, like we had like lunch A, B, and C. Yeah, your high school was, there was still old school boilers. Oh yeah, we had radiators. Only half a gym and half the place was just full of trash. It was a, it was a, it's a beautiful old building. I feel like it's probably been... They, they finished the renovations maybe I think they have five years later. I feel but. like they're calling it the castle now. Okay. I'm seeing okay. that in like postings. It's like got a nickname. It's called gotcha. the castle. Yeah, it's, it's a very important architectural and and educational history building, but it was not when you were there. It was under... Like most of our life has been being in important places at unimportant times. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, it was so important before and it's going to be so important later, but while we're here, like, eh. <laughs> I'm glad you can kind of get that too. Right. If like, you didn't grow up in Nashville in the 80s and 90s, you might not get that either. But if you've ever felt like that, you're not alone. No, so, Did no, you, we didn't talk about sex at lunch. Okay. Did you get a chance to do your fashion assignment? I did. I did. So I was looking through and it. I okay. So I'm going to caveat this. So just FYI, like I have a fashion background. That's like my my degree is in fashion. So I have a lot of knowledge about fashion history. Um, I don't really use in it any of it in a professional capacity now, but we could measure this in a lot of different ways. So we could talk about the silhouettes like where things really streamlined and then they got very like voluminous or we could talk about you know hemlines we could talk about you know views on and and I'm talking mostly about women's fashion I want to talk about that because men's fashion has changed but you know it, it really hasn't changed a ton men's fashion just hair got bigger I mean, mustaches happened. Shorts got longer. Clothes got baggier. Then they got shorter. shorter Then they got shorter and they got longer. And and we just just kind of like yo yo, like slide whistle. Groove is in the heart. (laughs) Um, On on pant lengths and and how tight they are. Um, I would say now, when it comes to men's fashion, men's fashion is probably the most diverse now than it probably ever has been. Um, But I would, I would say. Honestly, probably from 70s, like the 70s into the 80s into the 90s. And I know that you said a decade, but. I'm I'm listening because I I think that when I see this movie, Carrie, and Mm -hmm. then I watch Mm E.T., I don't see much change. So I think the big changing, I mean, we could talk about a ton of stuff, but a lot of. But then you think of what Aerosmith and uh, Run DMC Right. And that's a huge change. I think, too, you're talking about when you think about 
60s fashion, 70s fashion, 80s fashion, I feel like from 70s to 80s and 80s to 90s, you start having more and more factions in a good way. Hmm. So when you think about 70s fashion, I mean, they're obviously they're going to be like your groups of people, you know, that are, are dressing in different kind of ways. But for the most part, you kind of, and even when you talk about like, so kind of we're, we're in a horror movie range. So I'm going to talk about like true crime a little bit. And they talk about um, sketches of, um, of uh, suspects. And it's like, well, they look like literally every man in the 70s ever <laughs> because everyone dressed the same. Hey, uh, pour one out for Norm MacDonald. Aw. And his. Oh, no, the Unabomber sketch. <laughs> the Unabomber sketch. <laughs> Go back on Saturday Night Live and watch his thing where he is the sketch artist that sketched the Unabomber. And he's like, like what did people say about him? Like, that he had piercing dark eyes and wild hair. It's like, <laughs> well, you do him in a hoodie and sunglasses. Like, well, I'm not really good at drawing hair and I'm not really good at drawing eyes. <laughs> like this guy, they call him the chef's hat killer. Like, did he wear a chef's hat? No, I'm just not really good at drawing hair. They said he had really distinctive hair. <laughs> and this guy, they call him the 10-gallon hat killer. I'm really not good at drawing hair. <laughs> so good. So good. So dry. And <laughs> Ted Kaczynski looks at nothing like the sketch of the hoodie. In no. The- so dry and stupid. Uh, I love it. Um, but so I, I think that that's a, a point that like you've got everyone pretty much look the same. Then you get into the 80s. And then I, I really feel like you get more into, so you think about your very like super corporate-y, preppy, um, American psycho. Then you've got your punks. Then you've got, um, you know, very much your your punk rockers, which is different. You know, you're kind of... So what you you're know, saying is oi to the punks and oi to the skins and oi to the world and everybody wins? Kind of. I stage dove off the counter at Hot Topic while that album was playing. The tracks. <laughs> I, I don't really know that people would think that about you, but um, hanging out with family today. How many people have staged dove off the counter at Hot Topic probably, and got caught and didn't get injured? Probably no one because no one is at Hot Topic anymore um, at all. And I don't know why that just immediately made me think. Is of, Hot Topic full of dildos now? I don't know. Uh, Spencer's, Spencer's is. is. So we should check out Hot Topic next time. Oh, we're not going to go to a mall for a while. But next time no. we go, we should go to Hot Topic and see how many dildos they have. We'll, we'll, we'll check count. it out. We will do the research for you because yes. you don't want to. No, you do not um, want to know how many. Right. That's I'm, but, but you saying that made me think of two things. One, for some reason, it made me think of Jack Black and High Fidelity. Okay. It feels like that's what he would do. Absolutely. Um, and it made then, me think of a Jack Skellington butt plug. <laughs> Oh, no. Why? I don't know. Cause it just seems like the kind of thing Hot Topic would have. Oh, well, yes. I'm talking about you jumping off of the... <laughs> I'm not talking about sex toys. I'm talking about you jumping off and crowd surfing in a Hot Topic. Gotcha. Thinking about... That's exactly- oh, it made me think of uh, The Rocker. Like, stage yes. dive. Stage dive out of here. <laughs> no, The Rocker's so good. It's really underrated. Um, but then also that today I was hang- like hanging out uh, with family and... 
uh, talking about how your sister saying that our nephew was just like you, that they were not going to miss an opportunity. If there was a theme to something, they were going to participate and they were going to go in 110% and they were going to dress up like what it was and they were going to learn all the things. And yeah, so that that's money I right. think of too. Um, we got some type five nephews. God help them. I don't know if he's a type five, but we, we, we can, we can get into that in another time too. But, um, again, should we have a forbidden Enneagram bonus episode? What were we talking about? Fashion. And you said that the kind of seventies to eighties, eighties to nineties are the biggest changes. I, I think that you have like the biggest opening. So seventies, I think then like when you get to eighties, you don't really have like an, the eighties look. So you're saying that there just is no 80s look, that the 80s look is dependent on, we not, might need to get into, what is it, Cool? Is that the name of the book? Yeah. That we got? At, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look at, yeah, I think that's actually a really good reference point. I didn't even look at that. Um, but I could maybe like post some pictures from it. But so, yeah, I, I think that that you start dividing. Like, I think that probably a lot of the 70s look that you think of with, the feathered hair and the kind of flowier blouses and the high-waisted pants and the bell bottoms, probably most of that turns into the very corporate preppy look of the 80s. Okay. But then people who are starting to kind of revolt against that are your, your punk look and then your kind of rock look and like your side ponytails and your your neon and like all of that kind of fun. I think that this, who, the serious vibe you know went into that very like that like corporate yuppie so saying yuppie. fashion kind of got a little decentralized and yeah we'll probably never be the same again i i totally think that um i think in the it might 90s, be like what a college campus looks like but then there's always going to be the eight kids over there or the seven kids over there yeah the... I, I think that we've stopped you stopped having a ubiquitous look in the 70s and now i mean i know culturally and a lot of you know other ethnic groups and things like that other things were happening but even then when you look at the hairstyles may be different the accessorizing was different but you still had bell bottoms you still had platform shoes you still had you know all of that was happening and i think that people felt comfortable to diverge out of that and then to the 90s you have grunge so you have a very streamlined look a very minimalized look um and then you have you know I feel like that maybe comes back. There's, you know, there, there's a very diverse look, but then you get into the 2000s. And I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you've if you've experienced a, a fashion trend or fad before, you don't have to repeat it um, if you've already lived through it. And so now we're back in the 90s. And so, but I think when it comes to, if it, at, at some point in the maybe late 80s, early 90s, there was kind of a stamp of like, okay, some of this stuff can stay. It's still cool. It can stay. In the 90s, some stuff carried over. Into the 2000s, some stuff carried over. And so when it comes to some sort of silhouettes and looks, it's like there was definitely more of a feeling of like, if this is what looks good on you, stick with it. You don't have, like, you can adapt this and be good in your body, be good in what you look like and feel comfortable and confident. And yes, girl, do it. Um, much more now, you don't have to be like force your hair to look a certain way, force your body to look a certain way. I mean, there's a lot of people who probably feel all of those pressures, but when it comes to like a 70s Farrah Fawcett kind of look, there's a 
there's a lot of people who cannot fit into that vibe. Yeah, there's hair now, that doesn't do that. There's hair that doesn't do that. There are bodies, bodies that, don't that don't do, do that. that. And I think that now there are a lot more outlets for people to find their their vibe. That's great. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled by that. So I'm going to pivot a little bit into print. Okay, do it. Print from contemporary print. And I can find absolutely zero references to Harry. <laughs> It's almost like this movie didn't exist That's at the weird, time. That's weird because it's it's so it, out there in the zeitgeist. I man, I I didn't look up how much money this made, whether this was a hit or not. I might the next time Jenny starts talking, look that up, but I have looked up every issue of the Observer Reporter from the week this came out through January of the next year and cannot find a mention of it. It's not playing at any of the cinemas in Washington, Pennsylvania. It's Terry Hazlitt has all these stepping outs and he has nothing to do with it. Uh, big movies at the time, Bad News Bears. Bad News mm-hmm. Bears is actually playing on two screens in this town. Weird. I uh, totally made a Bad News Bears reference. Was that last week? I think so, yes. Uh, Enter the Dragon starts playing during this time, but still no carry. Uh, Two-Minute Warning, Marathon Man, The Next Man. I don't know if you're familiar with The Next Man. It's uh, Sean Connery. It, it is a spy thriller. It's That's fine. Post- Mar- Marathon James Man, Bond. like, like with Al Arnold. Al Pacino and. Oh, no. What am I thinking of with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Running Man. Running Man. <laughs> no, that's many, many, many years later. I was like, that is fit. A, I, I said that uh, Stephen King had written three books before Carrie. Oh, Running Man. Later, is it Running Man? Well, he later released his Richard Bachman books because they were so pulpy. They weren't serious literature. Running mm-hmm. Man was one of them. That, that movie's terrifying, I think, personally. I I think, for me, this is for me, like, making a stamp of, like, my most terrifying genre of movies is what people are capable of doing. Mm. And that movie is totally in that realm. In the All book of- in Running Man, I think he ends, like, flying a plane into the White House as a terrorist and, like, blowing up the world. Well, that's not good. I don't think I've seen all of it. But anytime we in have, the movie, like... he just ends up fighting Jesse Ventura and then sending Richard Dawson, uh, blowing up Richard Dawson. Okay. I mean, that's fine. It's way different to just anytime... fight Jesse Ventura and then blow up Richard Dawson. We, we I mean, those make... are some American treasures. <laughs> but anytime we make a game show or there's, like, a like when we make a spectacle out of, like... When human misery becomes a spectacle, when, or people who are forced to do things because of their situation, basically any iteration of the the most dangerous game, right? The Hunger Games, or the would you, would you rather with Sasha Gray and Kevin McAllister? I mean, this dad new this new and, movie or show on Netflix with the Squid Game. Yeah, the same same like, kind of concept. Yeah, exactly. The one with. Was it one of the Evas? Was it Eva Longoria or Eva Mendez or whatever? It was just like a, a Russian roulette game. Oh, I don't know. It was rough. And I think one of the – somebody from some other show was kind of the winner. It was a, like Jeffrey <laughs> Dean Morgan. Was he in the – was he in – is that a person, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? He's in The Watchmen. The Watchmen. And yes, he's it, also the, the guy that – uh, Catherine Heigl was in love with for like a hot minute. I told you it was in a show. On Grey's Anatomy, uh, yes. but he was like, he died. Like he had a heart attack and he had a Everybody, heart replacement. Who didn't die in Grey's Anatomy? I know, I, but I he, need to know 
like we're we're into peer-reviewed evidence-based research in the medical field i need to know what the hell is happening at that hospital (laughs) most people died of accidents outside of the hospital but there's a problem there's a real problem there mercy general or whatever it's called uh yeah there's shonda rhimes shonda rhimes like right. Shonda Rhimes has a real inaccurate view of hospital whatever, even though she's very successful. But so that being said, I can find no reference to this anywhere in Western That's Pennsylvania crazy. in seventy six. So is 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 Western Pennsylvania become our like what Poughkeepsie? <laughs> is that is that the always been like what the will it pay play in Poughkeepsie? I mean, there are so many dances and spaghetti buffets. At Legion Halls and Moose Lodges. <laughs> I did see and... a marquee, a marquee, that sounds really dated, but like something for spaghetti days next week <laughs> at some sort of church or lodge today. I exactly. Like, there's so many churches and lodges and there, there are dances, Thanksgiving dances and Christmas dances. I want more dances. And I just, those are just not a thing anymore. I don't, or maybe, maybe there's still a thing there. I mean, we, we don't have anything like that. we have country clubs, I guess, but that's for old white rich people. But it's for people there who was are a interested brown in derby golf in Western Pennsylvania at the time. There was a, a, really, yeah, huh? Yeah, the Brown Derby is one of the greatest restaurants of all time in in L.A. and at the time. But uh, so yes, yeah, so nothing in the Observer Reporter. Um, uh, Playboy that month. Two years worth of sex in cinema, nothing. I mean, this is not a sexy movie. I mean, there's no, naked no, no, ladies, no, no, no. but it's not a sexy movie. No. I mean, um, if they were really stretching, they could have involved it, but... Yeah, I did see in Playboy uh, the debut of the two-blade razor. <laughs> we're in five blades now. Uh, yeah, the debut of the hinged razor. In what capacity are we talking about these razors? It's just advertisements. Okay. Oh, Oh no 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 no! <laughs> I can scroll back a couple of pages and let you know there are uh, there are no razors on. <laughs> yes, these are. But Telly Savalas is selling razors. Well, he's using a razor on his head for sure. Going back to '76, though. Okay. I you know all those Playboys have been in the '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm. There are advertisements for a lot of toupees. Really? Yes, they really like hair pieces. They have advertisements for Telly Savala selling razors mm-hmm. and for toupees. He's they selling re- both? No, 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 no. Like other companies are advertising toupees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really feel like they kind of backed the wrong horse. There's like five or six advertisements for toupees and only one for Telly Savalas. Oh, no. Razors. Telly Savalas and the bald man yeah, has we, really moved much more forward than the toupee. Is there a bigger move in fashion than accepting male pattern baldness? Oh, I think it's. I think like it's. What, from, from 76 to 2000. But 2000, I feel like, is a heyday for the bald man. Yeah, well, that's 24 years. Is there. Is there a bigger change in fashion than accepting male oh, pattern well, baldness okay. in men? I wouldn't say a bigger change in fashion. I would I would say in beauty. Okay, that's maybe beauty, not fashion. I, no, I mean fashion is beauty is part of fashion. So Nineteen ninety three to two thousand. That's seven years. I mean, look at some Bruce Willis movies in nineteen ninety three. 
I, but I, I think there's a huge acceptance. Nicolas and, and Cage I, in 93. I think, yeah. well, Nicolas Cage can't accept his own baldness. I mean, we, we've all already decided, like, there should be some graphics and some charts involved with, you know, how good a movie is, is directly correlated to how much hair um, Nicolas Cage has. But, no, I think that's great. Like, no, absolutely accepting, you know, that men can be sexy bald, and I think that when you are on the path to baldness, you should absolutely embrace it because you are going to be much sexier than if you try to avoid it. So I did scroll back a couple of pages in this you did. issue of Playboy mm-hmm. uh, to just show you that there's not much barbering going on there. No, it looks very much like the beginning of Carrie. Do you recognize this person? This is who was in a pictorial in Playboy when this movie came out. Uh, she is 19 years old, uh, just divorced recently from her uh, lover of four years. Divorced from her lover of four yes, years? Yes, unfortunately. She is Tippi Hedren's daughter. Oh, then this is Michelle Griffith. Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith, sorry. Yeah, that Melanie Griffith is in Playboy when this movie comes out. Interesting. Yeah, I, I knew Melanie Griffith is Tippi Hedren's daughter. I can kind of see it. I mean, I'm not seeing her face very well from the angle that I'm sitting at, but but so yeah. So, but I think the most interesting article in here because we lived in Memphis for several years mm-hmm. is that this is the month that uh, Harry Reams was convicted of obscenity charges in Memphis. Oh, for Deep Throat? For Deep Throat, yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes, he was convicted along with about eight mob guys for conspiracy to distribute pornography across state lines in Memphis. Hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, quite an interesting interesting thing. I mean, he made $100 for two days of shooting in Miami. That's it? <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a lot of heart heartache for uh i know i know really interesting quote so how is he did he produce it as well no he did no he just so he's in it and he gets convicted for conspiracy to distribute yes i mean warren Beatty is holding parties to raise money for his legal defense jack nicholson is holding parties like having fundraisers to raise money for his legal defense he spent a lot of time in jail for this really yeah huh yeah, it's kind of a interesting guy. quote in there that uh, my first love was acting. Sex films were just a profitable way of prolonging the thespian dream. A hundred dollars for a day's work having sex in a film that would only be seen by degenerates in Times Square and would pay the bills more than by getting three hundred dollars for two weeks in an experimental theater. Aww, <laughs> that makes me feel sad for him. But like, interesting, like in in the mid. 2000s he converted to christianity and you know kind of got a reputation as unwilling to discuss his porn past but he was extraordinarily <laughs> willing to discuss it this article was 2007 oh 2007 i'm gonna be honest and say he's a little late in in that kind of revolution mm-hmm. um People can convert to Christianity whenever it is timely for them. But I would have thought the early 2000s would have been the heyday for Deep Throat. They would have so many 
evangelical Christians would have loved having the deep throat convert on the panel discussion. I mean, he shaved his mustache. I mean, here's his, here's his mug shot. Oh man, his mustache. His is mustache is amazing. Porn tastic. Yeah, I, I don't know if we do deep throat for this. I mean, maybe we do inside deep throat. I don't want to watch uh, deep throat. Uh, yeah, it just I'm not seemed... interested. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that's that's what we got in Playboy. Okay. Um. So I do have the the top twenty for Mr. Terry Hazlett has our uh, top twenty. Okay. I think the most interesting thing that I have here is Boston's more than a feeling. Love Boston's more than a feeling. Is up to number four from number ten the week before the week. Oh Carrie wow! Comes I out. So it is flying up the charts so good i i definitely had it on a burned cd in college the ultimate jam according to carl <laughs> aqua teen hunger force number one in the hood g who that's in this movie has a top 20 hit the week this movie comes out that's in this movie oh it has to be sissy spacek with coal miner's daughter <clears throat> or or like when a oh i guess okay never mind I don't know who it would would be unless it's Sissy Spacek. John Travolta, whenever oh. I'm away. With what? Whenever I'm, I have no idea what oh. this movie, is, what that song is. Whenever I'm away. Huh. Okay. I, I feel like I probably should have looked it up. I didn't go deep enough. But. I I totally forgot about yeah, John Travolta. He's number he's, seventeen on the on the charts. He's such a trash person in this movie. <laughs> I kind of forgot. Um, I have the Rage Carry Two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Amy Irving is in that. She's mm-hmm. dies like she's the main character of the movie, and then she dies about fifty minutes in, and kind of the movie's kind of weird after, and doesn't make much sense. In the rage, we learn that uh, the main character is Carrie White's half sister. Okay, Mister White is the source of the telekinetic powers. I respond to that because this is a movie about feminine empowerment about womanhood about becoming a woman about awakening something inside yourself respond to that that mr white all of his illegitimate children have telekinetic powers yeah i think it completely undermines the whole idea and i know i probably started to say this because we talked about this just briefly i think that that's absolutely a way to move this movie forward into sequels because if we we know her mother did not have another child um we know all of those things so any way to have someone be related to carrie would easily be through this unknown dad but that doesn't work that doesn't work at all it starts it is a hundred percent about women about womanhood about the the mystique uh the fear the terror the the disgust behind women coming into their own and then then potentially the powers that they have if they if they understand the power that they have um i i honestly think you know really if we want to think about it um you know that maybe potentially like every girl or woman in this in this high school could potentially possess this if they became aware I mean, I, I think that's what uh, ultimately society thinks and fears that there's just enough somehow even this 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 girl into womanhood who who comes into womanhood like literally as a senior in high school, junior in high school at best, which is very, very late, even though she is super, super 
repressed that really she's the one who recognizes and realizes how important this is and what it brings to her when everyone else is truly actually repressed. So I have um, Amy Irving and Steven Spielberg. Yes. So I was probably literally IMDBing because I was like, okay, I recognize her kind of, but then I also, I recognize the name more than I recognize her as a person. So yeah, Amy Irving, Steven Spielberg's first wife, very married very shortly before Kate Capshaw. But my mother... God rest her soul. Watching something that will end up on this podcast, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. Mentioned. She's used the word hussy a couple of times in her life. No, oh, I love it. But that that hussy Kate Capshaw stole Steven Spielberg away from his wife. That's so... I would not really think about your mother being plugged in to that like celebrity gossip no because no. that seems really niche celebrity gossip to me that's not even like actors and actresses that's like directors and their wives that yeah. now i mean but amy so irving I, was kind of a big deal i mean she did have some big she's big, the mother of max spielberg she is but she also had some really big roles mm-hmm. I and mean, she was on a much like a big upward trajectory until, you know, kind of after this divorce and all of these things happen. But, she, you know, she had some some big nods. But interesting thing that I learned, like doing some research, they got married after Temple of Doom. What, Amy Irving? Yes. Okay, so he's in the movie, the, he's directing Kate Capshaw. Who and he, maybe he was buggering her the entire time. Probably. I don't know. But, yeah, they got married, Amy Irving and him, after Temple of Doom, which, like, I just always assumed that was kind of the end of things. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, and then we have to the turtle poem. Oh, <laughs> that, that's a big, hard turn. Right, hard turn, hard turn. You got something else? I don't think so. I mean, I was okay. looking to see... Um, Amy Irving and and her stuff. Um, I mean, she's nominated for an Oscar um, for Yentl in 1983. Um, so I mean, she's she's a big deal. Oh yeah, like she's then she's gone. Really, pretty much post being married to Steven Spielberg, he kind of he kind of screwed that. She probably got some Spielberg money out of that. Well, that probably might be too, like Spielberg money, and then she. But but that's early. It's, it's, it's not. That's it's, not the peak Spielberg no. money. That's She's not like. like that's not Linda Hamilton, James Cameron money. No. <laughs> there's there's no Titanic money in there. But. No. Titanic money. <laughs> what what what? Making Titanic money. Titanic money. All right. All right. So right. so so Jonathan, the bass player in. My uh, my preacher's high school band, uh, our prom king. He debuted these at our Halloween poetry reading in high school. And if you want to sue me, I'm sorry. I'll take these out. I don't think so. These have to be the first time these poems have been read on a podcast. Probably. If somebody can point out, this is from the... Mount Juliet High School Unhinged Literary Magazine, 1997 edition. (laughs) Okay. If you get the 1998 edition, you're going to see some a-hole is number two for senior poetry. uh, About uh, something he wrote about a girl. 
and some a-holes girl is number three about something she wrote about him. <laughs> oh, wow. So let's just be fair. There's a really wide, like, grin going on right now behind this mic screen. I'm grinning bigger Super than the pop proud. filter on our mic. I mean, there's some man who laughs Joker stuff happening right now. All right. So little bitty turtles. Little bitty turtles crawling on the floor little bitty turtles crawling to my door little bitty turtles lying in the rain little bitty turtles lying to my brain little bitty turtles laughing on the ground little bitty turtles laughing at the sound little bitty turtles eating all the time little bitty turtles eating all that's mine little bitty turtles dying in the sand little bitty turtles dying in my hand Little bitty turtles healed all up. Little bitty turtles healed in my cup. Little bitty turtles try to get you through. Little bitty turtles try to get to you. The sequel. Really big turtles. <laughs> the sequel? Yes. Little bitty turtles grown all up. Really big turtles ten stories up. Really big turtles causing all the rain. Really big turtles causing all my pain. Really big turtles laughing at the town. Really big turtles laughing as they drown. Really big turtles stomping all around. Really big turtles stomping with high-pitched sound. Really big turtles take away the sun. Really big turtles take away our fun. Really big turtles need to go away. Really big turtles need to grow small and play. Really big turtles grew up too fast. Really big turtles grew up in the past. Really big turtles seeing their mistakes. Really big turtles seeing what's at stake. Really big turtles walking from their dream. Little bitty turtles are never what they seem. I feel like I need to have a snap. Clap. I know. I just need a snap. <laughs> I'll snap for you since you All clearly right. can't snap. Oh, man. I got an unsatisfactory on snapping on my kindergarten report card, <laughs> and I still can't snap. I've been trying for 35 years to learn to snap, but I still can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was there for that first debut of Little Bitty Turtles. I actually got up and read something. I don't remember what it was. I read a poem that I wrote called You Without Hesitation. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm sorry. Um, And then, so I wrote uh, St. Sebastian, which I didn't really care to look up because it was getting late. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was tied to a tree and shot a lot. And I okay. think that's the... That's kind of the image that we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. And then I just wrote, be excellent to each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kind of thought we'd end on be excellent to each other. What Do you have anything else you want to do to put Carrie to sleep? No, I think that works perfectly. I mean, we're going to continue with some spookiness. Our next episode is going to be... Ooh, special episode. Yes, a little bit of special episode. So um, we went and saw um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle in theater in our high school teenage theater where we went and saw many movies we made out and didn't watch many movies we both we never made out with each other no we never made out with each other i'm pretty sure that you might have made out with somebody that i drove you with to yeah. see uh, another special episode that's coming up actually I don't think it was to that theater i think no, we I think went that and saw it at the dollar theater no, 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 not the first time. That was on opening night. 
Yeah, okay, we did see that multiple times. So, yeah. Okay, yes. I saw this movie probably 15 times. There was a $1.50 movie theater. And yeah, $1.50 movie theater. Gas was 96 cents a gallon back then. Uh, bean burritos at Taco Bell were 69 cents. <laughs> Your dad gives you a 20 and You're you can have a good a time. Oh my goodness. There were so many ladies taken to Old Hickory Boulevard <laughs> to the $1.50 theater. And oh man, there was some number one crush. Right. If, we, if you haven't figured it out by now, then it's fine. Right. But. We alluded to it. But so we went and saw The Hand That Rocks the Cradle live in person. Um, it was fun. It was fantastic. It was a, a little bit of a trip down memory lane because literally there are some elements in that theater that have not changed at all. In 30 or 40 years, it's 35 years. Yeah. It's amazing. So that will be our next episode. Um, you know, not in the whole horror realm um, oh it was but it was the th- oh, it, was it was a fantastic so spooky. thriller I'm so happy. and oh yeah that this it might be one of the two or three best movies that we've watched in this so, it, it's so fantastic so stay tuned come on aboard if it doesn't have a you know a, a history to you come on it, just, just it's, give it's, it a, shot. it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't watched it um but yeah watch it check it out with us um li- you know listen to the next episode we're excited to talk about it and yeah we will see you soon so check us out on forbidden cinema on instagram or send us your feedback on forbidden cinema podcast at gmail and check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Subscribe, rate, review. It really helps out because we want we want people to be part of us. It's, you know, we think, honestly, people t- told us we're funny. We should have a podcast. So that's, we, we racked our brains about how to have a concept that people might get behind. So we'd like to know if, if you care and if you're having fun and if you want to be part of the conversation. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we're just doing this to have a little bit of fun. We're not trying to be rich or be professional podcasters. But you know what? We're having a blast. We are. And this is something movies have meant so much to us for so many years. And we come from a very unique perspective. And we know there's a lot of you out there that come from that perspective. And there's a lot of you that come from other perspectives as well. And we want to hear it all. Yeah, we, we wanna, want we everyone talk about to be it. part of this journey. And it honestly, you know, as a married couple that's been married for a long time, it it's been a great time to take some isolated time, watch the movies and and spend some time talking about them together. So Yeah, if you're too old and busy to watch a movie together, stop for just a minute. I, I know it's hard. I'm a healthcare provider in a pandemic and I can come up with two hours every other week to sit over there with this smoking hot lady and <laughs> and and watch a movie and it's just a blast and it really teaches us to slow down a little bit it, it's been good it's been really good so hopefully you've enjoyed it i mean we're having a good time but we'd love to have a conversation about it and you know if there's a community to build we we want to be part of it we want you to be a part of it yeah, it's so. just the two of us talking into microphones eh, that's until fine the too. end of the time cool that's that's what we agreed to (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you guys thanks in about a week yeah all right i'll see you sooner babe yes all right bye guys bye